Do you love listening to the tarot diagnosis? Would you like more of it in your life? Come visit our shop where you can buy a growing collection of mini courses, guidebooks, and soon to be much, much more. It's a great way to expand your own tarot practice, check in with your mental health, and support our work. Just go to thetarotdiagnosis.com and click the shop link. We're so grateful for your support. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Luna. Hey, Shannon. So today's topic is actually going to be different from what we normally talk about. You know, normally we hop on here and our focus with the podcast and our Instagram community has really been, you know, how can you use tarot as a way to increase your own mental health and your own self-awareness? But we're going to talk about when your personal practice needs some outside guidance. So how do you make sure that you're actually working with the right person for you? Yeah, I think that we've been tossing around this uh, this episode idea for a while, and it feels like um, this is what in the biz we call um, psychoeducational, which is something that we have to weave into therapy work every once in a while. Sometimes somebody's working on an issue and we're talking about the thinking around it, the, the emotions around it, but sometimes people just sort of need some practical, this is how things work advice. Um, and so that's really. Uh, the reason for this episode is a little bit of this is how it works and some advice around finding um, additional helpers in your life and how to find somebody who's really a good match for you when you are in a place when you are needing another voice in your life. Yeah, I think that was a good way to describe what we're going to talk about. And you're right, we've <laughs> we've been sitting on this topic for like probably since the beginning when we yeah. very first started this podcast. And we even at one point hopped on and just like wrote like a ton of notes on what we wanted to talk about. And then we tabled it. And I don't know, something just came up and we were like, you know what, I think now's the time to talk about this. And you know, with social media and in, I think we also, I personally have felt this and I'm pretty sure you feel the same. I feel like we have this responsibility where, you know, it is our job now because we just randomly created this platform for us where people listen to us, which is still so <laughs> bizarre to me. So cool. Uh, it is so cool. Like, thank you to everyone who listens to us. Um, but I do feel like we have this responsibility to say, okay, there are so many people out there who really have like good intentions and want to help, but how do you navigate all of these options that are out there? Because, you know, there's a big difference between psychotherapy and someone who is, you know, just saying that they offer therapeutic coaching services. Yeah, I think what you just said, I mean... As soon as you said what you just said, I like my whole brain just opened up because I think that this is really complicated. Uh, I'm of two minds, as I often am. I think on the one hand, I think there are a lot of people out there who have gifts of being amazing helpers. And I think that you don't necessarily need to have a, like a ton of formal training to be gifted as a helper. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there are a lot of people out there who are trained, untrained, have formal titles, don't have formal titles, and who are dangerous people yeah. and who should not be in positions of giving other people life advice of any type. <laughs> and so I think what we wanted to do in this episode is just, first of all, define some things so that people understand where the boundaries are and then talk about the, just the reality of how do you find the right person for you and how do you notice the red flags of any type of person who is offering help because there are dangerous people everywhere you go and how do we pick them out? Right, exactly. And even, you know, beyond the dangerous people, because, you know, the word guru just keeps popping into my head, you know, you see it a lot in the spiritual community specifically. And I think this platform that we've created where we're hanging out at the intersection of mental health and spirituality in a way, um, even though we tend to use tarot more secularly for self-awareness, there is a, an overlap in the communities and there's also an overlap in, you know, advice and advisors and coaches and counselors. And when you're in a vulnerable space and you're trying to heal from pain or you're wanting to explore different sides of yourself, you know, shadow work is a very popular term these days. And that actually originated from Jungian psychology, which is, you know, a, a psychological practice that you have to be quite proficient and trained in. So I think we really just want to take some time to make sure that you understand the differences and are f- feeling more empowered when it is time to seek that outside guidance, because it's so easy to hear someone say something that sounds really, really good and think, oh, that's who I need. And maybe it is. Uh, but I think it's also important to to question and interview people and know that you're in charge and these everyone's working for you. I think that's an important yes. distinction to make. And I say that to my clients all the time. Like, I work for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're in charge. Um, and it's really... Um, you don't always find that in every like advisor, coach, therapy world. So I think today we're just going to kind of dive in and say, how can you make sure you're making the most safe and empowered decision for yourself? Yeah. Essentially what we're trying to do is empower people, which is what we do every week, trying to find a way of self-empowerment. Do you think we should start by just pulling a card? Yeah, I think so. What deck are you using today? Tarot Vintage. What about you? Uh, Scorpio C, because it nice. was really what I had right next to me. It's a cool deck. <laughs> it is a cool deck. It I is. feel like I don't see a lot of people use it, so I love that you use it because I get excited anytime you post something, and I'm like, ooh, what card is it today? Oh, that's good. Thanks for telling me that. I'll start yeah. using it more. Okay, so what did you get? All right, so two cards flew out, <laughs> and then so really, there's there's three cards here. It's a lot, um, but it's really it's really interesting. Um, two cards flew out, and then I just I felt like I had to pull one. So <laughs> seven of seven of uh, wands, mm. <laughs> eight mm. of cups, and then two of swords. <laughs> Holy oh, <shit. laughs> 
all of our cards. Yeah. So just a, like the quickest interpretation from these three cards, I'm just going to like rapid fire say what came to mind. You know, the three of these, really the eight of cups sticks out for me the most because it's the first thing that came to mind was don't leave behind what you know to be true or what you know to be best for you. Um, just because you feel like someone is offering you something they think is better for Mm. you. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what came up for eight of cups, seven of wands is very much like kind of, you know, fighting off, you know, there's all these different like options out there and maybe you feel like you have to defend yourself. I think maybe I'm feeling very seven of wands today. It's been a stalker card recently. I've been feeling it a lot in just my personal life. And maybe I'm feeling it in this way too, because, you know, as therapists, we do want to empower people and we want to protect people and make sure people are safe. Um, and so for me coming into this episode, I knew that I had to be careful and tread lightly because at the end of the day, I want to make sure people are safe. Um, but I also know that by talking about some of this, we might piss some people off. Um, (laughs) and then two of swords is of course, like the ultimate decision. Like, how do I decide what is best for me? How do I decide which path to take or which person to work with? Did seven of wands fly out or is that the one you pulled? No, I pulled two of swords, seven of wands and eight of cups flew out. out. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I almost, I'm like, yeah, those are the cards, right? Like that love when that happens yeah those are the cards so interesting and i think you said everything exactly right about it i think that the seven of wands yeah it's funny that one has been showing up and i think you're right to call out that like we shouldn't just acknowledge you know like let's just be transparent we're a little nervous about talking about this because we we want to respect our community and we know that we're um we're gonna maybe do something that's going to be perceived as gatekeeping and I don't mm. want to upset anyone. Um, yeah. And that's not our intention. Our intention really is about, again, this concept of self-empowerment, letting people know how to pick what's best for them. Um, and including maybe even if somebody in our community hears something and thinks that we're gatekeeping, like maybe we're just trying to offer you a little advice about how to protect yourself. Mm, that's a really good point. You know, and you talking about gatekeeping, I like that you brought that word up because I'm looking at the two of swords right now and, you know, the person's, of course, blindfolded. And I think for us, it's really this episode and talking about this topic is really about asking questions and feeling like you have the ability ability to ask questions. And I think that's where we come from, from our tarot practice and from this platform is like question everything. (laughs) Um, and with the two of swords, you know, I almost want to rip the blindfold off and say like, Hey, like look at both options and like be unafraid to say, well, what does this mean? And what does that mean? And what experience do you have here? And what experience do you have there? And don't go into this blindly. Well, I mean, another thing about the, that's interesting about the two of swords and the blindfold is like, just put down the swords and take off your blindfold, mm. which speaks actually to that. I'm, I pulled eight of swords, which I think is an interesting, oh, yeah. um, like perfect pairing with what, what you pulled too, because eight of swords and this, um, I love this deck because it is, it's unusual. It's non-traditional and really interesting for eight of swords. It's a picture of a lion and the lion has, um, front uh i guess it's a him because he's got a huge mane his front two legs are bound together but loosely with this red ribbon and it's actually a kind of a beautiful like crisscrossy pattern but you know it's a goddamn lion 
Like <laughs> right? you could just like shake it, like you could tear it off with your teeth. But mm-hmm. this feeling of being bound, oh, yeah. I'm stuck now. Like, and I think that that to me feels also very two of swords of I'm stuck. And you know what? Like maybe you are stuck. Like maybe we're talking to somebody today who has been doing a personal practice with tarot or perhaps with other things, perhaps with channeled writing or with um, reading self-help books or whatever, and are just kind of feeling like I need something else. Like I've thought this through a million times, but I don't know what to do. I think that that's what we're trying to do is kind of that next level of I'm going to tell you what to do so that you can go and do it. Mm -hmm. Blindfold off, stupid little red ribbons cut away. Let's go and take care of it. Yeah, I love that because I mean, eight of swords is very much like victim mentality. It can't, it can't be perceived that way. And that's like the opposite of what we try to do here on this platform is, you know, allowing you to see the options that you have, um, instead of feeling like you're optionless. Right. So can we talk for a second about, um, just the kind of the fundamentals of the idea of going to a coach, going to a therapist and going to a tarot reader? Yeah, let's dive into it. So um, I think one of, again, I want to say, I think that there can be gifted people in all of these areas and they can be really crappy people in all of these areas. Um, It is important to note that if you're going to somebody who is calling themselves a therapist or somebody who's calling themselves a counselor, that person should be licensed in the state where they are. They should have graduate training Um, And they should have letters after their name, both in terms of the degree that they hold, but also the license in whatever state they're in or whatever field they have a specialty in. And it's hard to define this because state by state, it is a little different. Like you and I went to the same program, but we have different letters. Based on the state we live in. Based on the states we live in. But that is an important characteristic. And again, this is like, perhaps people don't realize this, but um, the... Calling yourself a counselor is a licensed term. Calling yourself a psychotherapist technically is not licensed, but it is unethical to call yourself a psychotherapist unless you have this specific training. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being aware that if you're going to somebody who's calling themselves something like this, they should have those letters. And they are also bound by the laws of that state. Now, if you go to a coach, there is um, no licensure needed. There are lots of people who sort of have like credentialing or like you can basically go to a program and get some sort of credential, but there's no regulating board. Tarot readers also like there's a couple like courses that you can do, but there's no regulating board. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to an intuitive, same thing. Just know that that means that there's nobody watching over their shoulder. Right. Yeah. There's <laughs> like, we have, we have people watching over our shoulders. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I love that you, you did such a great job explaining the differences with all that. And I, I want to talk about terms and regulation because, you know, unfortunately certain terms aren't regulated, like the term therapy, you know, when you say therapy, you think of something specific You think of talking to someone about what you're dealing with or getting guidance, and unfortunately, that term isn't regulated. So, you know, there are people out there who can say that they offer some form of therapy, but they're not actually credentialed or regulated by a licensing board or the Department of Health, whereas, you know, someone who has those letters at the end of their name, you know, like Luna said, they 
went through extensive training and supervision um, and are held accountable for the treatment that they provide. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I've seen it's happened quite a bit, even in my own local community, where I've seen headlines where people are pretending to be therapists and actually seeing clients, some Mm -hmm. for like 10 years, Mm -hmm. and they have zero education or training. So, Doing your due diligence is important. Don't be afraid to ask, where did you go to school? What training program did you take? What did you you feel like you learned? How do you feel like you're going to be able to help me? And you can ask these questions to anybody, not just a therapist, to the tarot coach that you're going to, to the life coach you're seeing, or, you know, some sort of advisor, I think there's, you know, there's a really important number that has always stuck out to me and it's 60%. 60% of the success of a therapeutic experience is due to the rapport and connection that you have with your therapist. Mm-hmm. So you can have a therapist who has like a ton of credentials and amazing training and is the most proficient at, you know, certain interventions, but if you don't click with them and you don't have a good relationship, therapy is probably not going to be that successful. And I would assume that when that just tells us that the relationship is what's most healing. So I would assume that, you know, it's similar in, in other fields like coaching, um, or some sort of like, you know, other form of, of counseling. Um, but again, there are people out there who just, kind of hop into this and don't necessarily have much of a background. And I think it's important to make sure that you're with the person who is going to help and guide you the most based on their experience and that they're not making themselves out to be some sort of like powerful being that has all the answers. Um, Because even as therapists, like we look at our clients and say, I'm not the expert on you. You're the expert on yourself. Just like when you go to see a a physician, the doctor is not the expert on you. They're not in your body. You know your body best. And if someone's telling you that they know what is best for you, you should probably run away. (laughs) You should run away. You said so many things that I'm like, oh my God, keep in your head all the things that you just said. Uh, (laughs) I have three things. Let's hope that I remember them. The first thing I want to say is just want to throw out, like, as you're talking about that relationship thing, um, the card that comes to mind actually is two of cups, which I know is kind of an unusual card to consider because we think of it as a romantic or a love relationship. Um, But I think it's actually a really good card when we're talking about a therapeutic relationship, because again, as I talked about in a previous episode, there's that um, sign of Hermes or of commerce um, that hangs above the two. And I think that it's important to recognize that this is a, in a therapeutic relationship, it is a personal relationship. It's a deeply personal relationship, which holds boundaries and is a form of commerce. Mm -hmm. And all of those things are true, but like fundamentally, it has to be a good relationship. And I, I think two of cups like just says that beautifully. Totally. I mean, two of cups is also about like unconditional love and, but the therapeutic mm-hmm. relationship is about unconditional positive regard. Yes. That's so Rogers, love, right? Yeah. yeah. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And I mean, like such a lovely thing to get to experience unconditional positive regard. And you know what? We learned that. I think mm-hmm. that we're sort of talking about this idea of therapists as sort of like we're regulated and like, that's sort of, that's, that's very true. I mean, Later this afternoon, one of the things on my to-do list is I have to call my malpractice insurance and just it's time for annually updating it. I have to just like make sure that it's up to date. 
that's not even the thing. I mean, like, that's important, but not like the thing is a therapist has gone through a training where if somebody has a break in the middle of a session, yeah, I know what to do. Right. And you can be there's a protocol. There's a protocol and there's training. And like we went through worst case scenario stuff in school. And like I know what the protocol is. And you can be a really gifted and intuitive coach, therapy reader or tarot reader or whatever, but you just simply don't have that training. And like I think I say this because um I came to therapy I became a therapist later in life. It's a second career for me. And but I've always had a little bit of the therapeutic gift. And I remember what it was like to not be a therapist and ha- get myself into sticky situations, have people mm-hmm. come to me and start unloading and me being like, I don't know um, <laughs> yeah. like what I'm supposed to do in this scenario. And it, it can be really harmful to the person receiving it, no matter how gifted yeah. you are. I mean, like it can really make you feel like you're in quicksand. So, I mean, there's a protective element there too. My training is not just about like, I have like the state of Maryland has backed me up. It's also that like, I know what to do in dangerous situations. And that's an important note. I love that you pointed that out because, you know, and there's, you know, and we, we talk about shadow work, but there's, you know, shadow work is becoming more popular and, There can be a lot of painful, traumatic things that come up when you are starting to dive into that part of your your psyche and Mm -hmm. that part of um, your life experience. So having someone who's trained in knowing how to manage that or having like an accountability buddy um, who's, you know, either done stuff like this before and has, you know, the experience and the knowledge is, is really important versus um, just, you know, hopping into something because someone is just using the term because it's popular right now. Um, Because, you know, you can experience, really painful, difficult memories and realize things about yourself. And if you don't have the support to help you through that, it can be be damaging. And I think that's why we say, Hey, like use our resources at your own risk. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, these are mainly for educational and entertainment purposes and, you know, our stuff, I mean, (laughs) the stuff that I think people would probably do with us if they were clients is much, much deeper than, you know, what, we would offer, you know, in some of the the workbooks that, that we've released. And I think maybe you and I probably tread carefully too, because we have this really intense therapeutic background. How, how much do we kind of put out there into the world? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about, uh, somebody who follows us on Instagram, who at one point actually yeah. like made the comment, like the shadow work is too intense for me. I can't handle, it. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, bravo, yeah. good for it. Like, yes, yes, thank you. Like, yes, yeah. don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> um, and I think it, like, it is like, it's just sexy right now. And like, yeah. it probably shouldn't be sexy. I think like the, one of the main differences that like, if you're sort of like, I don't know, struggling with this. I think like the difference between doing like our shadow work spreads at home and working with a therapist is like, essentially what we're doing is we're giving you access to the types of questions that we ask, but it is a really, really, really different experience to just have that 
type of question on a piece of paper. And I think that we ask really good questions because of what we've done. But it's really different if somebody is asking you a question directly about something you just said. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do in session all day long. Somebody says something and I craft a question that is unique for them in that moment. And I time it just right so that I don't throw down and ask like a really intense question on a moment that's like not the right moment. Like, I like, that's the other thing. Like, I remember being taught how to like unpack a session and Mm -hmm. getting like really like kind of slapped around by some professors being like, do not have somebody like pour their guts out to you at the 40 minute mark or at like the 50 minute mark, you know, like, because you need to be able to do the repair work. So don't open something up, like don't go for it. If you don't have time to heal it. Now that's really different than pulling tarot cards, because like at any point, if you're pulling tarot cards, you can turn off. You can stop. It's you. You're in the driver's seat. To be in a room with somebody else who is sort of like holds the room or like, you know, even if it's virtual or holds the phone line, um, you really do need to trust that person. You said so many important things and I really hope that, yeah, so many important things, you know, and I, I think that it can be a little dangerous and and there's some detrimental things that could happen, you know, and there, there, I think that there are people out there who are using, you know, like you said, shadow work is really sexy right now and people are playing that up and, you know, I even, I saw something recently where where people were talking about, oh, you should do X program because it will help you change yourself and change others. And I was just like, oh, dear God, that's a red flag. We cannot change other people. And I'm thinking like, yeah, what do you, like these people who are not trained to do what you just said, that could lead someone down a really dangerous road. Um, You know, and what you and I do is we offer ways to better understand ourselves and those around us, which that's always been the line that I use to describe my practice because we can't and we shouldn't change others. (laughs) And yeah, it's just you, (laughs) you saying we know how to lay out a session (laughs) just Mm -hmm. like made me realize like, Oh yeah. Like there's so many like, details that go into being a therapist (laughs) that is beyond just listening to someone talk. (laughs) And, you know, I think that you just did, you pointed out something really important. And I think even just like me seeing that, that language at some point too, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're talking about this today because, you know, it's so easy to see something that looks so sexy and tantalizing and be like, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And it's important to be able to decipher well, what about this is good for me? And what about this is not good for me? You know, the card that's coming up for me right now is the Hierophant. Yeah. And I'm really struggling with it because I think that there are multiple truths. The Hier- I, I really like the Hierophant. It's my birth card. Um, and I just, I really like it. I think that often we see it, the traditional way it's depicted is um, a priest. People often call it a Pope. I think technically it's not the Pope. It's just sort of a high up church dude who's sitting sort of on what essentially looks like a throne. Um, It's not technically, but it's what it looks like. And 
sort of imparting knowledge. And Mm -hmm. I think that the Hierophant is something that we need to keep in reverence and also be aware of what you and I have been calling behind the scenes fake gurus. Yeah. Just because somebody, and I will tell you, I know this deeply personally, just because somebody is trained in whatever tradition, whether that is a therapeutic tradition or in this case, a religious tradition, just because they are trained and they have the, the education and the knowledge does not mean that they are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have known, and I'm thinking about it like specifically with the church because like, because of the imagery, I have known right. some really amazing uh, people who have gone through seminary and who have been amazing guides and teachers, incredible mm-hmm. people. And I have known some who are highly dangerous. Oh, 100%. And it's the same in the therapy world. And it's the same in therapy. At the same time, I don't think we throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that there is something to be said for that knowledge, for that training, for the tradition. Because like, if, if somebody took the time to write something down in a book or to develop a course about it, it means that that person really did a lot of thinking, did a lot of research, and has some information that's probably worth at least considering. Mm-hmm. And the problem with this like uh, spiritual community that we have is this is why we're talking about the credentials is like you just don't know what the person's credentials are, no matter how gifted they are. And that's something to like to a degree, you can make the decision to say, okay, I'm still going to go with it. Because the relationship feels right and because the person's Mm -hmm. not giving me any red flags, Mm -hmm. the part that worries me is when we're not aware of what the red flags are. Yeah. And I think we should hop into, you know, red flags versus green flags. And I I love that you brought the Hierophant into that. And I I just want to touch on that for a second because you're so, you're so right. And I think you know, again, going back to like the moral of this episode is don't be afraid to question things. You know, I'm thinking about even in, (laughs) I just think about how we as humans experience a power differential. And I think when Mm. we experience someone who says that they have knowledge or information or something to offer us, they automatically there's automatically a power differential. That person has something I want. That person has something I need. I must look up to them. And as therapists, we are trained to do our best to acknowledge and eliminate that power differential and be on an, an equal playing field. And, you know, I think we can encourage that by reminding people you're allowed to ask questions. I think about, you know, when you go for a job interview and you're sitting there and they always say, do you have any questions? Everyone's, I say everyone, people can get really nervous to ask questions, but you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Mm -hmm. when I tell people, when I'm training people to not be super nervous in an interview, I tell them, listen, you are interviewing them. You want to see if this is the place you actually want to work at. So ask them as many questions as you want. Get as much information as you can to make the best decision for yourself. And I think this goes for any, any profession or anyone who has something that you might be interested in. 
don't be afraid to ask them questions. We have people reach out to us all, us all the time and ask us questions. And I love it because it's like, oh, I love that you're doing your homework. I love that, you know, you had a question about something we said during an episode and you're not just taking what we said at face value and you want us to elaborate on it. Or you have a question about our credentials. I love stuff like that because it shows that we're being independent thinkers, but we're still willing to learn. We still have that hierophant energy and we want to be around those people who have something to offer us. All right. I'm going to say a thing. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to say a thing. I mean, I, I fully agree with the ask questions. I think that uh, it's it's a really important thing to do. I'll tell you that in my, in my practice, what I do is when somebody asks for, uh, I won't work with somebody until I interview them first and until they interview me first. We both mm -hmm. need to decide it's a good fit. And the way I do it is I begin by offering a spiel and I sort of try to answer every question that people typically have. And I just sort of talk about money and I talk about scheduling and I talk about like what you can expect in a session. Like I really try to give all the information. And I always say, do you have any questions? Typically people don't because I've tried to give them all of the information. I don't mind answering questions. But what is in my head right now is a dumb Instagram post that I saw months ago, but really rubbed me the wrong way. That was like, questions that it's okay to ask your therapist. And it was like this, it was like multiple pages. And oh, I have to say after like the first like page, I was like, you're just like, these are aggressive type questions. Like, of course, ask questions. But you know, like, can we also just assume that like, you don't need to interrogate the person, you know, like, can we assume good intent, particularly at the beginning of any scenario? It's okay to ask questions, certainly. But um, it, you know, I don't need to have a bright light shine shown on me and for you to like slam the table and ask me where I was on the evening of the 22nd. That's interesting, you know, and I, <laughs> yeah, um, I had something happen to me that has never happened to me before. And I got an email once with, um, <laughs> it was like 30 or 40 questions and right. the person said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, feel free to, um, just respond in paragraph form. And <laughs> I was like, I was I read all the questions and I also was thinking, okay, 90% of these answers are on my website, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, cause you, you know, that's, I, that's something that you would do to look for green flags as you would hop on someone's website. Hopefully they have one. If they don't, that always kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Oh, you bring up a good point, you know, and uh, that also brings up the difference between a therapeutic relationship and like a coaching advisor relationship and a therapeutic relationship. We are taught to not really share too much. And I probably share a little bit more than the average therapist. Um, but that's also just kind of how I've framed my practice. Yeah. yeah, it's my style. Um, but, you know, if the questions that people are asking you are invasive or feel invasive as therapists it's our job to model healthy boundaries sure we are working for these people but we are that doesn't mean that our boundaries don't exist and that we have to answer personal questions that are we feel inappropriate or breach um you know a barrier that that we've laid out as far as like professional versus personal. So, um, if, you know, when you talking about social media, that's another thing like TikTok and Instagram. I mean, please take everything that you see on these platforms with a grain of salt. I know oh that mental God. health TikTok can be really great, but at the same time, I mean, 
there's a lot of misinformation out there. I can't tell you how many people have come into my office recently saying that they have dissociative identity disorder and ADHD. And it's like, oh yeah, everything you're telling me is nothing that's in the DSM that would indicate you have ADHD. We can explore why you think you might have this and talk about the other things that are happening in your life that meet this criteria. Um, but the people that you're seeing on TikTok and Instagram are probably only talking from their own personal experience. Yes. And um, again, everything that you see on there isn't true. And it's your job to do further research. Re- research. So take what you can with a grain of salt. You know, I think the themes that are developing are about power dynamics. Yeah. You know, because like the person who comes into the therapist's office asking a million questions is basically trying to create a dominance. They're trying to say like, no, I'm in charge rather than that two of cups. Like, okay, I'll be vulnerable with you. I'll trust you. You can be vulnerable with me too in appropriate ways. Um, So really power dynamics is important. And that does keep touching on this thing that we keep sort of like dancing around. And that's that false guru thing, um, which is usually really subtle and like a frog to the boil. It's slow. Mm -hmm. Um, There's kind of like yellow flags, which turn into red (laughs) flags. Yeah. And that's important to recognize that when you're starting to see it also, I also do want to like, just agree with you about the, the mental health, being talked about on social media scares the shit out of me. Sometimes I actually saw, I don't even want to talk about what I saw, but I saw somebody who was giving free advice to the world about what to say to a suicidal person, specifically what not to say to a suicidal person. Don't ever say this one specific thing to a suicidal person. And I was like, actually, um, completely wrong wrong, wrong information. The Mm. trick is sometimes don't say that to that specific suicidal person. Right. The person who was saying that might've been coming from their own personal perspective. They wouldn't want to hear that. No, but it has like literally saved lives. Mm -hmm. The thing that they're saying, don't say, I'm like, like, thanks for like screwing shit up. Right. (laughs) You know, and the truth is we have no idea who really is behind these posts, even if they're posting videos and we see their face, like Mm. we just, we don't know. And, you know, social media is a blessing and a curse. I mean, we've just out of thin air created our own little community here and we're trying to do our best to like educate and provide support and empowerment. And, you know, I think we also have to be careful with what we share. And I think you and I are constantly doing that. Like, okay, are we, (laughs) how much do we give here? How much do we not give? And no, yeah. And maybe we are pissing people off by saying this, but you're right. We need to be talking about this stuff. It can be really dangerous. And, you know, for the most part, there's some fantastic information out there. And I love that people are talking about mental health. Like this needs to be destigmatized. Um, but, or maybe I should do yes and. Yes, it's yes and. <laughs> yes and. Um, not everything that you hear about mental health is helpful. I think that that really comes down to sort of like learning how to do a personal check-in for you. Yeah. Like learning how to trust yourself and learning how to recognize in any given moment, mm, that thing that I just read or that thing that somebody just said to me something's not right there. That doesn't sit well with me. 
Mm-hmm. And like, here's your red flag. This is how, this is how gaslighting works. This yeah. is how cults work. Yes. This is how emotional abuse works. Yes. Something, the person will begin from a really great place of like, oh, like, let me tell you what's beautiful about you, or let me tell you something gorgeous about the world. And let me give you a slightly different perspective and let you think that I'm like a wise hanged man type person. (laughs) And I'm going to say something that's intriguing and smart. And then I'm going to say something that's weird, that doesn't (laughs) sit right with you. And that like, is just like, it's the wrong note. And then when you react, And when you're like, I don't know about that, I'm going to jump down your throat. I'm going to tell you that you're being defensive and that you're not seeing the truth and Mm -hmm. that you need to go deeper and you need to be more honest with yourself. I know what's best. I know what's best. And then they'll get really confusing because sometimes they'll say, I mean, like, I don't know. Like people will do this. Like, I I mean, like, I'm just a person too. But then the next sentence be like, but I think you're being really defensive and not being true. Right. That's gaslighting. It is. No, it's just like, it makes me so angry. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. nothing makes me more angry than that particular type of manipulation. It's cruel and it's dangerous. And you can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> it happened to me recently. Someone crossed my boundary and a boundary I had set. And I felt like the way they were, because and then I was very clear about my boundaries and why it upset me. And some of the way they were talking, it was one, they didn't validate you know, anything I was saying and almost Mm. like basically telling me how I should feel. And I was just like, Ooh, (laughs) this is, it just feels icky and you need to pay attention to that. So when someone's talking to you and you are feeling off, you're feeling kind of icky or you're feeling like, I don't know, tail between your legs type of thing. You need to listen to that. None of us should be like putting other people down and feeling like we're superior. You know, I think that's why we're trying to like balance what we talk about in this episode because, you know, we don't want to say that, oh, people who aren't therapists like don't have anything to offer because that's not not what we're saying at all. all. Um, You know, I think you and I have had like amazing experiences with people who don't have like fancy letters behind their name. And those are the people I've probably learned the most from in my life. Um, but you know, I think this all boils down to like, what, like you said, trusting ourselves and knowing like just because someone has a different perspective or someone might have a little bit more knowledge or experience than us in a certain in a certain way, doesn't mean that our own experience and our own feelings and our own knowledge isn't valuable. Um, your voice and, and what you have to say and what you think and what you feel deserves to be heard and it doesn't deserve to be silenced. You know, to me, this is judgment card. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, I love judgment card too. Like, I guess I love the traditional imagery of this like angel in the sky with this horn calling you here's the horn listen up we all have that within us this like listen up it's just a question of learning to be able to listen to it and notice it and be like that's that's true that's not true you know it in your gut now what we do as therapists is sometimes i work with somebody who will sort of have a um they'll have a that's true that's not true thought in their head. And they're like, I really think this is accurate, but there is a piece of me that thinks something off. 
It's the piece of you that's really quiet and small that thinks that something's off. That's the horn. Not the loud voice that's like yelling, like, no, like that person, blah, blah, blah. It's not the yelling voice. It's, it's a really quiet sound. But you know it when you feel it. This really sounds like the justice card, too. Yeah. Very much like searching for, for truth and knowing that things aren't always going to be how they seem. Yeah. And having the ability, and we're back to two of swords, having the ability to take off your blindfold and sort of make a decision and get some clarity. I mean, star card also, right? It's clarity. Yeah. And it's very confusing when you have a therapist or a spiritual guide who is telling you something that feels a little bit off Mm -hmm. and then sort of tells you it's your fault that it's off. Right. The biggest red flag. Yeah. You know, I think in those situations... A green flag would be, well, let's talk about that. What feels off to you? Like, I, I want to hear what your experience is. Let's explore that together. Curiosity. We haven't even said the word curiosity. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're like, you know, almost done with the episode. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's an, something that you need to look for when you're searching for a mentor or a coach or a guide or a therapist is someone who is genuinely curious about you and your experiences, not someone who is just telling you what to do, how to be, and how to think. You know, as humans... Yeah, I mean, like, one of the things that I think is important in this is, like, that whoever you're going to for your helper should care about you as a person, but shouldn't care about what you do. Like, doesn't get to have an opinion about the choices you make just cares about, are you okay? How do you feel? Like, how's your journey? I mean, like how many times I'm sure you've had this happen. Like the, I got back together with the bad partner, (laughs) you know, all the time. Yeah. And you have to sit there. You have to differentiate your personal, like, oh damn, they're doing it again versus, all right, let's talk about what this is going to look like for you now. Yeah. Because it's not about us. It's not about me. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't even, like, let the thought in my head of, like, dear God, did you seriously? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even let it in. Because, like, yeah. that person in that moment needs me to be like, oh, okay. And how's it going? Exactly. And that's a sign of a good helper is that they right. care about you, not what your choices are. Which... That's the that's the difference between a friend and a therapist. Yes. <laughs> Although I will say I'll be like, all right, come on, like what's going on? You hooked up with that person again and you said you weren't. Like, I'll be playful with my clients, but at the end of the day, it is very much like, okay, well, now what? Like, what does this mean for you? Yeah. What do you want it to look like moving forward? What are your concerns? What are you planning on doing differently this time? Versus just making someone feel like shit about their decisions. Because none of us deserve that. No, no. And it's a great way to entice somebody to come back. Your decision sucked. I have the answers. Run. That person's no good. Exactly. So we've talked a lot about what to avoid and when to run away. Um, And I think there's probably one tried and true method when it comes to finding some sort of helper to work with in in your own personal in your own personal life. Yeah. I mean the key point there is like ask around. Ask your friends, ask your family because 
typically if somebody's had a bad experience, they're not going to recommend somebody. And so, you know, like there's a million ways that you could find somebody to work with. You can like just Google there are for therapists, there are sort of various platforms that like list therapists, you know, which is like, it's just like an old fashioned phone book. It doesn't really give you any information. Or you can like look at people on social media. And this is true for like tarot readers too. But ultimately, like, ask if somebody's good, people are going to talk about how they're good. Exactly. Uh, Word of mouth is really powerful and important. You want to know someone who's had personal experience if you can, like that's the best. You know, Luna, you were even just saying something privately to me recently, how you wouldn't just go see a medium cold. No, I mean, like, and truth is, I've never gone to a medium. But like, if I wanted to, I would, but I would go to somebody who somebody told me was good. You know, I mean, like, I've gone to an intuitive. Mm -hmm. And you know why? Because my therapist friend, who I know and trust, told me she went to her. That's why. And she was good. That's how you can tell. It's interesting because now that I'm thinking about it, the therapists that I've personally had good experiences with were only word of mouth. Totally. (laughs) The therapist that I found on my own, I was had terrible experiences with. I mean, that's not to say that you can't do research. You know, I mean, like, of course. I mean, like, I have a lot of clients who have found me through a platform, you know, like not through referrals. I mean, and that. Like, and I think at that point, then it really, you have to just do a little bit of more, more work. You have to read their website or sort of see what they have to offer. And I mean, personally, my take is I don't really want to work with somebody if they won't give me a little bit of time on the upfront. That's like one of my feels, Totally. you know, like I want to be able to have an interview with you first to see if it's a good match. Like even like I recently hired a new lawyer and it was the same thing. Like I was like, I don't want to go with the guy who just like wants to charge me for walking in. And I think right. this actually, like, I'm just going to riff on this one for a second. I think, like, the way money is handled is a tell in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. You know, like, I have a beef with the model that we see in the coaching world of you have to commit to me for 12 yeah. sessions and you have to pay it up front. But what oh, if you suck? Yeah. Like, if you, right. you know, like, and I think it's like, it goes against, like, that's a scarcity mentality of, like, I need you to commit to 12 sessions. Like, why? I know that if somebody books a first session with me, the high, high, high likelihood is I'm going to see them on session 12. I don't worry about it. Exactly. And, you know, that also is freedom of choice. I, we both want someone to be able to say, actually, you know, I thought you were going to be a good fit, but you're not. And I tell people all the time, like, even if we're three, four sessions in, if you feel like we're not vibing, like, please let me know. I will help you find someone that I think you would vibe with. Um, so I love that you, I love that you, you brought that up. It is important. And I think that's why, you know, when we put out the, the guides that we put out, I was like, I want to show people what this is. I mean, cause I wouldn't want to just buy something blind, yes. <laughs> you know? So like, like when we did our live, which you can still hop on our Instagram and see. So if you're interested in like, you know, getting any of our digital guides, like you can see what they look like from cover to cover. Um, you know, I think that was important to be able mm-hmm. to show, hey, look, like this is what you're going to invest your money in. And we don't expect you to just 
hope it's, you know, good. This is exactly what you get. And we're going to spend an hour talking about them with you. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, and it kind of goes back to customer service, which goes back to the idea that you said earlier about like, we work for you. I think right. that it's so easy to sort of like hide behind like the veil of like, well, I am the spiritual guide or I am the therapist. I'm like, the knower. I'm the knower. Like, no, it's, it's also business and yeah. have some good customer service. Yeah, exactly. Because you're nothing without your customers. Like you don't have a business or your followers or your clients or your patients. You know, I think, you know, it's important to remember that like we're people of service. Yeah. I think of that what I just said was actually advice for anyone who is out there who might be either a therapist or a coach or a tarot reader and trying to build their business. That's advice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to do a yes and. And I, cause I'm like laughing earlier at like what you said about like somebody not having a website, um, <laughs> my beloved supervisor who taught me so much and who I sent so many people to through mm -hmm. the years and who is a deeply, deeply gifted therapist. Um, yeah, no website, no nothing, all word of mouth. And like, like doesn't even have email. Like literally you have to leave like a voicemail does not oh have God. email. I That's mean, some, like movie stuff. I love that. Yeah, it's I mean, like, like you he, read in a book. <laughs> he's like so old school, and like part. I mean, it is like he's old, so like it's yeah. this old school thing. But I mean, like these are guidelines. It's not yeah. hard and fast rules. Ultimately, it, you got to trust the person. And if you get on the phone with the person, then you're like, ah, they just sound great. It's okay if they don't have a website. Yeah, and you know, this goes back to something that we say in the spiritual community: take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Mm. Same with this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. After recording this episode, a very weird thing happened. I was scrolling Instagram and I saw that an account that I've been following for a while, um, Nick over at, I hope I'm saying it right, Malikin Tarot. He's in Australia and he's a really smart, really good guy who I think is um, worth following because he's got a lot of great things to say. He happened to jump on and do alive on Instagram precisely on this same thing. And it it's called false prophets. So we would love to encourage everyone to go and watch that live, particularly because after re-listening to the audio, Shannon and I realized that we talked a lot about therapists and we didn't talk a ton about professional tarot readers. And we're sorry about that. I think it's really just that we're taking it from our own lens. We're professional therapists. So we sort of know our field um, and we were really talking about what it's like to be a helper. But if you'd like to hear um, a perspective from somebody who's a professional tarot reader who we trust and respect, please go and uh, give it a listen and give them a follow. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at the tarot diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.